Hello, everybody, and welcome back to my Childhood Disorder podcast on Disruptive Mood Dysregulation Disorder. So for today's segment on Disruptive Mood Dysregulation Disorder, we will be discussing two different theories that have been proposed to explain how this depressive disorders happen. As we discussed in the last segment of this podcast, Disruptive Mood Dysregulation Disorder is categorized as a mood disorder. That is basically because in many children with disruptive mood dysregulation disorder, they often express their depression through their irritable mood and not using words or sadness as normal or other children would. First off, I'm going to give you an overview of the interpersonal model theory and how it emphasizes the role of interpersonal relationships on disruptive mood dysregulation disorder. The interpersonal model theory views disruptions in interpersonal relationships, especially with family members and peers as the basis for the onset and maintenance of this type of depression. In the interpersonal model theory, it describes the symptoms of depression as being associated with an increase in negative quality of relationships and a decrease of positive quality in relationships, whether it's with family members, peers, or just anybody they encounter. The disruption or conflict of interpersonal relationships comes from family members and friends and other people that deal with these children on a regular basis, getting annoyed by the unpleasant and depressive behavior that children with DMDD seem to possess. This in return causes the children to become aware of this annoyance and negative reactions and causes them to feel more needy and seek excessive reinsurance from those individuals. This eventually ends up creating a vicious cycle that leads to further interpersonal rejection and negative interpersonal relationships. The interpersonal model proposes that adolescence depression may serve as a function in the family as a means to reduce conflict between family members or even just their parents. This in the end creates an environment that leads to and maintains that child's depression, especially in children with DMDD. The second theory I'm going to discuss today is known as the neurobiological model of depression. The neurobiological model focuses on the genetic vulnerabilities and neurobiological processes that include the effects of early experiences of triggers. These triggers are factors can consist of stress, childhood maltreatment, and maternal depression on the child's brain. While researching these two theories that have been proposed to explain depressive disorders, I came across a peer-reviewed article where the authors designed a study using diffusion tensor imaging, which is an advanced version of an MRI technique to understand how disruptive mood dysregulation disorder 
affects the tissue microstructure of the brain in children. And I was astonished at what they found. They found that children that have been diagnosed with disruptive mood dysregulation disorder have abnormal white matter in the anterior corpus callosum of the brain. This is basically the large C fiber bundle found beneath the cerebral cortex. It stretches across the midline of the brain connecting the left and right hemisphere, making up the large collection of white matter tissue found in the brain. This is one of many studies that has shown how the nervous system and the brain really affects the depression in children with disruptive mood dysregulation disorder. From researching and learning about these two theories, I can conclude how both the interpersonal model theory and neurobiological factors can both play a major role in understanding the depressive mood disorder of children with disruptive mood dysregulation disorder. However, no one theory that I've come across can completely explain all forms of depressive disorders and the differences in symptoms and severity within the same disorder. This basically means that we can't count on one theory of depression to explain fully the causes of any depressive mood disorder. We actually must take into consideration all the other theories of depression when trying to figure out what causes a child to become depressed, such as the psychodynamic theory, the attachment theory, the behavioral theory, the cognitive theory, the self-control theory, and the social environment theory. Because these all play a role in determining the symptoms and the severity within any depressive mood disorder. The last thing I want to discuss in this podcast is one of the problems I found with the neurobiological theory. In the neurobiological theory, several neurobiological abnormalities have been discovered and identified, but it has been less consistent in children versus adults. Therefore, we know that it can have some effect on children's mood or depression, but more studies need to be conducted to further understand exactly how or what parts of the brain and nervous system it affects. But I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast, and I hope you enjoy.